Welcome to the New Missions Podcast. I'm your host, Tim DeTellis. And on today's episode, I sit down with my brother, George DeTellis Jr., to hear a story that's very historical in the life of our mission. The story's title is Three Puppies for Haiti. Let's enjoy this conversation. It's great to be here today with my brother, George, and we're going to share a story today with you to enjoy really a historical moment in the life of our mission. George, thanks for being here. It's wonderful to be here. Tim, I'm looking forward to sharing the story about the three puppies for Haiti. The three puppies brings me back to the time in Haiti where I grew up. Dogs were all around us, Haitian dogs, and I eventually said to my dad, Daddy, I want a dog. And he told me I could finally get one. (laughs) What was the name of your dog? The name of my dog was Samson. And I found Samson in Port-au-Prince. There was this place called Christianville, uh, another mission. They told us that there was a place in Port-au-Prince that was breeding puppies. And I went and picked out Samson one day. He was in a pack of puppies, this big litter. I don't remember how many. Maybe there were seven or eight of them. But he was the only one that wasn't sleeping. Beautiful. <laughs> and I thought, that's the watchdog we need at the mission. <laughs> the, the one dog. that's not asleep. <laughs> the one that's not asleep. That's beautiful. <laughs> so that's how I picked out Samson. And I remember picking him out. And we drove back to the mission with Samson. And he became my puppy. And I, I grew up with him. But Samson was really a very loyal partner in your life. Tell me about Samson when he would sleep with you on the yeah. roof. <laughs> so... You know, our mission was down a three-mile dirt road in the ocean, right? And so you you would walk the property. You could be at the mission's training center with a visiting team, and Samson could be over at, you know, the warehouse, and you could call for him. He'd come running. But at nighttime, uh, Mom and Dad built this little two-bedroom house out of concrete block. It was so hot, George. I, I couldn't sleep inside. <laughs> yeah. I remember how hot it was. It was hot. Like, an ov- like an oven. It was like an oven. Because the roof was also concrete. Right. And so the sun would beat down on that all day, and it would like heat up the bedrooms. And so I had this crazy idea of sleeping upstairs on the rooftop, and I had a little banana mat. And the wind would blow, so the bugs weren't a problem, but I would have Samson sleep with me. So literally for two years, I slept on the rooftop with my dog, Samson. That's beautiful. Did Dad have it? screened in at that point eventually eventually he put a roof up yeah for about a year i would say it was not screened in yeah and then eventually it was screened in and it had a roof so that obviously protected me from the rain but i would wake up sometimes with raindrops you know yeah (laughs) it's crazy but no but that was was a sweet room up on the roof i remember sleeping up there very peaceful that was great good good view and also great breeze because you're up another level so tell us about how did what was Samson's ending? How did Samson? So Samson unfortunately um, got heartworm. That was actually how he passed because they they had got some heartworm medicine for our new dogs, which you're going to talk about in a moment. And I'm not certain if it was Charlie, my brother, or my dad that wanted to give Samson the medicine. And when he gave Samson the heartworm medicine, it triggered the heartworms to attack him. Terrible. Yeah. So we had the tragic loss of Samson. Yeah, that was it a was loss a really, for all of us. He, and he was close to dad, and he was close to every missionary. Everybody loved Samson. And everyone everybody loved Haiti. Samson. He knew Samson. So then dad gave the word for me to get another puppy for Haiti, and they wanted a Rottweiler. So back in Massachusetts... I was at a yard sale one day, and I bought this shipping crate for pets. It was big enough for a puppy. 
And I, back in those days, there was a little classified newspaper called the Wan Advertiser. And in there, there were ads for puppies. And I had a trip planned to go to Haiti on Monday, September 19th, 1988. So I strategized and I decided I would buy these puppies the day before. And um, so I went to New Hampshire and this woman had Rottweiler puppies for sale for $200 each. And she only had three left. Three male puppies. Three puppies. And when I saw the three males, it made me think of the three brothers. Yeah. George, Charlie, and Timothy. And it made me think of the Bible story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I offered her $500 for the three puppies, and she accepted. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I went to New Hampshire looking to buy one puppy and came home with three. So you never had the idea of three? No. Wow. No. It was only when I saw the puppies, and they were three males, and it made me think of the three puppies. You know, three brothers. And they were and obviously brothers. They were brothers. <laughs> and it made me think of us three brothers yeah. and the Bible story. Yep. And we named those puppies Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yep. And um, so that night, I only had to take care of the puppies for one night. So you were in, you had to drive all the way back to Massachusetts or New Hampshire. Right. Where did you sleep with the puppies? I put the puppies in the garage in that little kennel. And um, I went to Iandoli's and bought hamburger and cooked them hamburgers that night. Nice. And, you know, I was thinking, I only got to survive one day. Right. The next morning, I got up and we got a phone call from American Airlines, flight to Haiti canceled. And the same day on Sunday, September 18th, 1988, when I went to New Hampshire to buy those puppies, at the same moment in time, in Haiti, there was a coup d'etat. And a group of non-commissioned officers in the Haitian Presidential Guard orchestrated a coup d'etat against General Henry Namphy, and that brought General Prosper Avril to power. Remember when wow. Avril was yeah, like the president? He, he ran mm -hmm. things for like 18 months. So, Rene and I are stuck home. Flight's canceled. So, you have the puppies and you can't go to Haiti. Right. So, now I had to feed the puppies for three days. Finally, on Thursday, they told us we're flying. So we went to the airport. Back in those days, you had 70-pound luggage. So we had four duffel bags, 70 pounds each. And you're going to Logan Airport in Boston? Yeah, Logan Airport in Boston. And the flights back then, it was American Airlines. You'd fly to JFK and then JFK nonstop to Port-au-Prince. Wow. So 7 o'clock in the morning, we get to Logan early in the morning, flight canceled again, again. Oh, it's geez. thursday it's canceled and we're like we have to get to haiti she's like crying i went getting home to my husband right. renee had come home to visit doctors and so the lady was very helpful and she um put us on a flight to raleigh durham and then in raleigh durham they put us on a first class flight back to jfk wow and then they flew us from New York down to Miami. So finally, the end of the day, we get to Miami, and we were hoping to get on this flight from Miami to Port-au-Prince, but by the end of the day, that flight also was canceled. So where were the puppies? <laughs> so here I am, Timothy, I'm stranded in Miami right. with three puppies in a crate, four 70-pound suitcases, and somebody's wife. Right. <laughs> and I'm responsible. Where are you going to fit all this? I'm responsible for everybody. So I rented a car, loaded everybody up, 
and called my sister Mary in. Yep. Mary loved dogs, remember? Yeah, she had a dog at that time named Honey. She, yeah, she, she lo- always had a pet. She, she always animals. had a dog. So Mary Ann was a dog lover. I called Mary. We brought the puppies to Mary's house. And then I rented two rooms at the Holiday Inn on Kendall Drive, 88th Street, Miami, down the street from Mary Ann. We went out to the falls and um, went out for a Mexican dinner that night. Next morning, we get up early, checked out of the hotel, get all of our luggage, back to the airport, back to American Airlines. They're not flying. No way. But we met a woman at the counter, and she said, Suriname Airlines in South America is going to make a special stop in Port-au-Prince, and they'll take your ticket. So because of the coup, you're back at the airport. All flights are canceled. Correct. Three puppies in a crate. Correct. Four 70-pound pieces of luggage. Correct. You and Renee. This journey, how many days now in? You're like three, four days in. It's been all week. Yeah, so it's Friday morning now. And so we go down to Suriname Airlines, and they'll use our tickets. And so we check in. I go to the garage, drive around, get the four duffel bags out of the car. We check in the bags. I return the rental car. I call Mary. Quick, bring the... You know, back in those days, there was no cell phones. Right, so I had right. to call her on pay a payphone. Yeah. And I said, bring the puppies. <laughs> so I'm waiting out in the curb. She shows up. Get to the counter, and the lady says it's too late to check the puppies in. Oh, no. But you can bring it right to the gate, and they'll let you put them in. I says, are you sure? She says, oh, yeah. You can bring the puppies right on the plane. So the porter only took us as far as security. And then I started pushing this crate on the carpet. With three puppies. With three puppies, okay? And Renee's running. We're going to the gate. They're calling us over and the... what gate were you going to? D60. Okay. Tim, D60 was the very last gate in Terminal D. Oh, my. So I'm pushing this crate, pushing this crate across the carpet. Finally, I was just exhausted. I begged this man to help me carry it. We lifted the crate, right. got to the gate. They send us down the gangplank, go all the way to the door to the airplane. Wow. Get to the door. The pilot's standing there waiting. When he sees the crate, he says, I'm sorry. Those puppies cannot come on the plane. No puppies. He wouldn't let the puppies on. Oh, so no. Renee says, I'm going to own Haiti. I have to see my husband. So Renee gets on the plane. And you're stuck with three puppies. I'm standing at the at the door to the plane at the end of the gate, D60. Oh, jeez. And there's a woman there saying goodbye to her daughter. And she looks over at me and says, George, how's your mother? Really? Really. <laughs> So wow. back in those days, if if you had family members traveling on a trip, you could go right. all the way to the gate. Right, right. And so this woman, her daughter worked at the U.S. Embassy. Okay. And she went all the way to the gate, had walked all the way down the gangplank to the door of the airplane to say goodbye to her daughter. And when she saw me, she recognized me. Wow. And guess what? She was a dog lover. Wow. Praise the Lord. And she says... You go to Haiti, I'll take the dogs. <laughs> so all the way at D60 at the door of the plane, wow. I wrote on a piece of paper. Back in those days, you know, you'd always travel with pen and paper. I wrote Mary's phone number on a piece of paper, gave it to this woman, and then she called a porter, took the dogs, brought them to Mary's house, and Renee and I were on our way to Haiti. So now our sister Marianne had the dogs for a night. What happened to the dogs after that stopped? So the dogs went back to Mary Ann's house for a couple of nights. Okay. And we had a missionary, Randy, 
Randy Harmon. Randy Harmon. Yeah, from Virginia. Yeah, and so his parents... He was a Mennonite missionary, I remember. Yeah, so Randy, his parents were coming to Haiti to visit him the next week on Monday, Mm -hmm. and they were flying Air France. So when we got to Haiti, we called his parents and said, we need you to take these dogs into Haiti. Right. And so the next (laughs) Monday, Marianne met them at the airport, gave them the dogs. In Miami. They flew to Haiti on Air France on Monday... Wow. But then when they got to Port-au-Prince, they had plans to have a vacation with their son, and they were going to spend a couple of nights at the Royal Haitian. I remember the Royal Haitian. We used to stay there. That was actually our missionary vacation spot. You'd, you'd go there for a night or two. So the dogs went to the hotel? Yeah. And so the Harmons rented a room just for the puppies for two right. nights. I remember they were in they were in business, I think, in some like real estate development. Interesting. So the puppies went to the hotel. This is like these dogs have been on a week trip. It's been over a week. Unbelievable. Over a week. And then the puppies spent two nights in their own room at the Royal Haitian and they fed them room service. Hamburgers. Hamburgers. <laughs> Those dogs. When we, got out of the, when we got out of Miami International Airport, went to Burger King, and oh, I wow. fed the dogs. Another hamburger. Hamburgers. Wow. So all week, those dogs were eating hamburgers. <laughs> Lucky dogs. So then there they are at the hotel, and finally, did you get news that the dogs were safe at the mission? You know, we were there, and then finally that week, the Harmons arrived, and the puppies finally came. Got to Haiti like 10 days later. Unbelievable. But you know, what a story. And the thing, the message I have for your audience is that after we do all we can do, I did everything I could. Every day we kept trying to go to Haiti. We're trying to go to Haiti. Flew to Miami. Went all the way to the last gate. And when we get to the end of the road, after we do all that we can do, Mm -hmm. God's waiting for us. He has a plan. Yes. God always pulls us through. Amen? Yes. Well, and the story that is fascinating for me to hear from you was, you know, you didn't have the idea for three puppies. God even orchestrated the three puppies. But then when you got to the end of the gate, you didn't even know this woman. Correct. <laughs> but she knew your, your mother. and she, she recognized me. Right. Which is unbelievable, the orchestration of that. Where do you think people lose hope? When it comes to pushing through some challenges like that, where maybe they want to give up? I don't think they imagine how big God is. Okay. We need to imagine a great God. The scripture in Psalm says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. We need to imagine a great God, a mighty God, a God that's working on our behalf. He Hmm. sees all circumstances. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty God. Almighty God. And that's really our takeaway today for all of us. You know, no matter the circumstance or the situation, you have to trust in the Almighty God to orchestrate. George, thanks for your time today. I'm encouraged by not only the story, but to be refreshed with some of these memories I've even forgotten, you know, because time goes on and goes on and goes on and and you forget some of these details. Uh, So I'm thankful for your faithfulness and your tenacity to keep on pushing the dogs. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for your time today. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the New Missions Podcast. You can read our prayer request at newmissions.org forward slash prayer. That's newmissions.org forward slash prayer. 
Thanks for standing firm with us on preaching the gospel and making disciples across the island of Hispaniola.